right, welcome back to Cover Stories B-Sides. Uh, today, we have Robert Castillo. Hello. Of the Sunday Hustlers book, book crew. I've always wanted to say book club. I don't know why. Because it's like normal. Yeah. Thing, you know? <laughs> and that's uh, good. I don't know. You think of crew, it's just a bunch of dudes, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. it's it's uh, So for those who haven't checked it out yet, it's a cool new podcast uh, every first Sunday of the month, right? Yeah. We're going to try to keep it to that schedule from now on. Yeah. We'll kind of release our first two episodes quickly, but just to get everybody, I don't know, have something to like listen to and maybe check out some of the books and like find an interest in us too. Awesome. Yeah. So it's, it's a book, uh, you know, every, every month's a different book and they go over it. Um, all you guys are you, like, all of you are very like, like well-versed in literature and it's, it's a fun listen. I listened to the first episode. Oh, thanks. And, uh, and yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. Patty and, uh, has a degree Ezra's dad owns a bookstore and I just like, I don't know, they're really close friends and it's kind of cool. Cause, uh, we've known each other for like, a really long time, me and Patty, especially. And like, uh, I think we took our tax test together too. Cause we're the same, oh, yeah. like, yeah, his name is Korea. My name is Castillo. But after all these years, like realizing that we were both really interested in literature, it's kind of cool. Like the conversations that we have always just feels like I really lucky to have them as like friends, I guess. Awesome. Yeah. I feel like we're drawn together to people that, you know, with similar interests and it, it yeah. always helps. Yeah. <laughs> it was just surprising, you know, like how it just kind of like molded itself over the years, like slightly talk about books, but now it's like we get older and start understanding different types of literature and uh, the discussions grow with us too. So. Yeah, for sure. And that's, that's it's kind of relates to I mean that's how I feel about music too, mm-hmm. you know. Um so today we will be talking about Miley Cyrus's cover of Zombie by the Cranberries. <laughs> um so why this song? Um I don't know. Really uh I think I first saw it like on a YouTube and it was just like um or on YouTube and like uh, I don't know that was cool. You know, you, you expect a lot of a, from Miley Cyrus uh, to some degree, I suppose. And so when I saw that cover, I thought she was like portraying it really well. She was really into it. I mean, she still got like the cool getup, like all her outfits are always like really out there. But uh, she had like a full band with her. Is it Whiskey a Go Go? And like uh, I found out today that it was um it was for like a charity event too. So like it was to help awareness for like the venues going through like coronavirus. And but overall, like I thought she, I thought it was pretty cool because she's kind of loud in it. And then. I think I heard a couple of her other like singles, like Plastic Hearts had come out before, I think at the same time, before her album came out. And so like when I wanted to listen to that song, like on Spotify, it wasn't out. It was just a live recording. So yeah, it, yeah, it was part of Save Our Stages uh, mm. specifically. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she did a few. She did this, and I want to say Heart of Glass by Blondie. And that's on the album too. Oh, okay, yeah, cool. So both of those are on like at the very end. Oh, okay, cool. And she, she also did, I think, Maneater by Hollow Notes. Did she really? I don't know if it was for because she's done a few covers in the past year and a half through the pandemic. Um, and, uh, I can't remember if they were all for save or stages or if some of them were just separate, but man, she has, she definitely does a cover of man eater. It's pretty good. That's kind of cool. I saw Daryl, Daryl Holland notes, right? Yeah. Yeah. I saw them live a couple years ago with tears for fears. Oh really? Yeah. It was pretty cool. I was by myself too. <laughs> it was pretty fun. I was just there. Like I was on the bottom of like the, is it at t center? Yeah. Just chilling. They sound the same. Like it, they're also impressive. <laughs> That's dope. They're a type of band. I didn't. Like I would knew of them obviously because it's hard to like avoid them, but I never appreciated them until college. And I mm-hmm. had a friend who just loved eighties like rock and pop rock, and and it just got to a point where I think uh, around that same time, um, Five Hundred Days of Summer came out, and there's that part where you know post coitus he's walking to uh you make my dreams come true and i'd heard that song a million times before but hearing it and watching it in that like context just made me love the song i went back and i'm like man hollow note slaps man like every one of their songs is good yeah and so like with tears for fears like they played first and they only played a couple of their hits and then the new stuff and everybody's kind of like not feeling it 
yeah, but Darren Hall notes from the very beginning to end, it was pretty cool. So for Miley to cover that, I'm definitely interested to hear it too. Yeah, check it out. She has like a very like um, her voice is so loud now. I feel it's not as like a so it's just, she's trying to be like a rock star pretty much, and I think she's pulling it off. Pretty yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And it's something that I I've been wanting to hear from her for a while, and I'm glad that with the uh, with Plastic Heart, she's kind of really embracing that. And I was watching, I watched uh, her podcast, or she was on with uh, Joe Rogan, and she actually just last winter had like throat surgery yeah that's and wild. that's part of the reason why she's uh, a little bit more like like boisterous i guess with her voice um and it's interesting because i never really noticed it until she started talking about it and i started listening to like the stuff from you know later in the year and then um from before and yeah it, it's almost like her talky voice comes out a little bit more you can hear her a little bit more of her twang and her singing now yeah exactly um but yeah no she killed it and her version of zombie is really really good and that's that was the thing that opened me up to like it was one of those things where like i realized like oh like this is something i've wanted but never realized i wanted especially because it's a song that's so powerful you know yeah. and it, but it, it never lost its meaning i suppose but like the reason that i'd read that why she did it was because it kind of like felt like the now time for that song again and who knows what in her mind she was interpreting you know but i think even still it still holds a pretty strong meaning and i think for her to cover it this kind of points a light on um whether or not she was like people were maybe not allowing her to do it i guess but she did it and it just everybody says it's pretty good it's not a lot of um negative feedback from that even the band itself approved of the song so yeah i think that's an interesting idea of just wondering how many songs can she cover and then if people don't approve why don't they it's because it's just miley cyrus you yeah know? even though she she does it so well like i showed a friend the song in my car one time and like uh he's just sitting there like dude, she's going off we listened to like three times in a row just because it's so i don't know it's fun to listen to and it's the live recording too for it's, sure I, they didn't track it for the album it's from the whiskey a go-go set yeah, and uh, the thing that's interesting, I'm glad you brought up like the context of that song because the song itself is about. Uh, oh, do you do you know what like the original song's about? Yeah, it's like the about like the when the IRA bombed that building and killed those two kids. Yeah, yeah, and apparently one of the kids' dads, uh, after Dolores O'Riordan died uh, a couple a few years ago now in 2018, uh, he came out and said that like he was it was like very validating and it was very powerful and you know he really appreciated you know all the the emotion to come out it was very it was a catharsis for him mm-hmm. to hear that song and and he really appreciated her and the performance of it. I mean, she kills it on there. So somebody with like a lot of like musical background, like you have some, you have, I don't know, when I listen to your episodes, there's always like a, like I know you do your research, but you always sound so intelligent about everything. So I had a question like uh, pertaining to like what the song did for like the, I think it was Timothy's dad, right? Like yeah, you said, yeah. Yeah. So um, for him, like people are always going to resonate that song with Dolores and like her, her empathy towards people. And like for her to create that song, I guess is, that's why it lasted so long. So with Miley Cyrus, when she covers that song and has this, the same particular meaning to it, but do you think overall as like a character, does Miley have the potential to keep doing that with those kind of songs? Or do you think people are allowed to also think that she's just picking a song that's very popular, that she knows she can sing well? I think it's a little bit of both. Um, I think Miley's super interesting. I think just the whole stigma around her. On my way here, I was listening to this podcast from 2015, which was like right after she hosted the VMAs. Mm-hmm. And it was just, just like just this guy and girl who had like talk about random things and have guests on. And the guy was just so annoyed with her like hosting of the VMAs. Is that the Robin Thicke one? No, this was actually the, a couple years later when she hosted. Because uh, I remember 
Yeah, this I think it might have been the, the year after because she was like teasing it, like, "Oh, I'm not going to perform," and then she ends oh, up okay. performing at the end. <laughs> That's awesome. Because this was yeah, because all the controversy with Robin Thicke, but this guy was just like, like genuinely like upset with like her like her hosting, and um, it was just hearing it now in 2021. 20, this is you know six years later, and and hearing this guy just so upset about it, it just it's kind of like laughable like it's it's kind of dorky to be so upset about something miley cyrus did that like is kind of dorky you know um so there is a stigma around her and and i think that it's hard because obviously she comes from you know a, a famous dad she was a disney star you know there's obviously a lot of stigma with that to begin with and people are always going to have her a million different impressions of her that are probably all wrong and i think that in a way i i like that she chooses songs to cover that have a nostalgia aspect to them that and that she does them well but also it's something that that it's not as expected of her so um so yeah to go back to your question as far as like the impact of it um i think only she really determines that you right. know yeah and i, I think like that's that, a good answer yeah i think it, it just comes down to what, what she wants to do and it's making i think it makes a lot more people now take her seriously in that which i mean we should have from the beginning, you know, or for for the most part, we all did stupid things when we were in our twenties. Yeah, 20s. and she's yeah. like our age too. She's yeah. born in 1992, so I mean, even in that perspective, it's kind of like she's just one of us, just on a higher level, you know. Yeah, and like you said, you listen to her Joe Rogan interview and stuff. Like that's a pretty real conversation too. But even like other interviews she has, I can't remember this guy's name. He's an Australian interviewer. I think he's with Apple Music. I don't know. I was watching one, and like even then, as she's talking, she's um she's not trying to validate anything. I feel like at this point in her life, she's like where everybody else is, you know, like all of us, we're just trying to keep in tune with ourselves. And like, we think we know what we're, what we're doing, but at the same time, it's also a progressive move for all of us, you know? Yeah. And she uses that like when she talks about anything, writing music, herself, her life, her like times on Hannah Montana or the surgery, how she reflects on those things. And I think her perspective is like more genuine than people want to like accept. And so, yeah, for her to be able to do like a Cranberry song, I think, one of the first real times I heard one of her covers and like, I'm, I wasn't sure what people were going to think, you know, up until this point, there wasn't a lot of like things you can go on and like see if people were saying, Oh, they loved it. They didn't like it. But now we get to go back and like see everybody's responses. And most of it's positive. Yeah, definitely. And there's uh, still like Miley haters though. That's yeah, the thing. <laughs> for sure. I, I think that, uh, you know, with her, it's, uh, I mean, she's, she's proven time and time again. I remember the first time I saw, and I was like, wow, she's talented. It was when she covered Jolene. Oh, that's forgot about that. Yeah, that's one of the originals. That's been a while since yeah, that been Yeah, it was out. like 2012 or and so. And that's still committing herself to like her country-esque personality. Yeah. But but like now she's, she could, I think she, the range she has to do like Cranberries or like Daryl Hall Oates or Blondie, I think it's just kind of cool. You know, she does a song on the album with uh, Billy Idol, you know, and Joan Jett's on the album too. And it's just like a cool network that she kind of just, she kind of just, I wouldn't say recreated herself. It's just kind of, this is the point where maybe this was all supposed to lead up to for her. I think that's really dope. Yeah. And I, I think that, I mean, she's obviously been through a lot. And one thing I, I, I would get into, like, she's the type of person who, like, I will see her. And I, especially in the, like, early 2010s, uh, where she's the type of person who, like, flicks off a camera. And that's her <laughs> being edgy. And it's like... I know people like that. I probably was like that, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, I remember Miley and, like, listening to her and my sister's restroom, like, when we were, like, in the mornings getting ready, you just hear Party in the USA and, like, Jason Mraz, like, back every morning, right? And then, like, yeah, then you see her get rebellious after the Party in the USA, like, era, 
and everything we got, I, I didn't like her that much back then either, you know, but I think that's what makes her great now is we're the same age. We all grew up. We're going to the same things. And like, I think now we're just supposed to, I don't know, we're just more in unison as like, uh, as a people in our age group, I guess, if that makes any sense. Yeah. And she's also like held herself accountable for a lot of things yeah. too. Uh, I mean, when she was like, I remember not to get on a tangent of this, but like the first time I was ever like attracted to her was <laughs> for the 23 video, uh, with will i made it and um will mike whatever his name is i can't remember uh but uh you know jay's on my feet and i just remember like being obsessed with her at that moment and i i just i'm like this is weird like i'm attracted because i'm a few years older i'm like five years older than her and at the time she was like her early 20s and i just felt weird to like be into miley cyrus and and then a lot of you know after she kind of went away from from doing with the hip-hop stuff she made some comments that were kind of disparaging about like oh like i want to she said something along the lines like wanting to make real music and people mm-hmm. came at her and then years later she was real accountable for it she said she apologized for those comments and she she's kind of really i don't want to say compensated but she's done a lot of stuff for different communities and and has been a great advocate for for so many different causes that I feel like seeing that makes me realize like how much she's grown up and it makes me kind of appreciate her more and everything that she's gone through. And the fact that she's, she's taken more accountability than most politicians, you know, and and what she's said and and done. And and she's really tried to make up for it. I think in a way too, it just shows that like she's rebellious too. You know, she has to, I mean, she's so famous that people are always going to put her through like a spotlight, right? Negative and bad or negative and good. But I think it's just up for us to determine. I think now, like I said, I think it's cool that she could show, I don't know, a true, a, her true self to us and still keep a little bit of what, whatever that was back in the day, you know? For sure. And she's constantly famous, too. I'm not sure how much of, like, the Cranberries legends there is, like, how long they lasted. But I I know I do know that um, before Dolores passed, she was supposed to record, like, a cover of... Uh, Zombies with like a metal band from California. Something wolves. Um, I think it's bad. Bad wolves. wolves. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's still cool. So there's still. I guess the song still has a relevancy, and um, yeah, I forgot where I was going with that. But I guess it's just more of thinking. I, don't know, I just kind of accepted Miley now. I mean, yeah. I'm. I tried listening to her other stuff before, and like after Plastic Cars, kind of check out some of the other albums, and yeah, I wasn't feeling most of it, <laughs> but I could listen to this one all day. And then at the end of it, you get that tasty treat of like the Cranberries cover. So yeah, it's cool, and it's one thing too that I feel like I never was voluntarily like playing "Can't Stop" or "Party in the <laughs> USA." But I also didn't turn it off when it would come. Oh on. yeah, like you, you know go to a party I mean? and somebody's putting a party and like uh, you know that band Bill Murray. No, really? He has a band called Bill Murray, and like they're like a, it's spelled like B I L I M U R I, right? And they do like a post hardcore with like a little bit of pop punk. This is dude. And they did a, it's called Bill Murray and Friends, and they do covers and they get like a different singer on. And the guy from Dance Gavin Dance, I think, actually does the Party in the USA song. Oh, really? Yeah. Or one, somebody, I can't, honestly can't remember. But yeah, they cover that song and it's pretty good. It's a, uh, I mean, it's super catchy. Um, I think, uh, Listening to this now is just nostalgic, and it's weird to say that because I remember when it came out, it felt so new. But that's like ten years ago now, and I mean, it was still the party song for back waking up for my sister. You know? Yeah, <laughs> just prepping her day with that song. But even now, like you could play like I don't know, nobody's gonna stop you. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I remember when I I had 
some friends over. We watched the Breaking Bad finale, and then Can't Stop had just premiered. And we watched that music video, and all of us, were, we're like all around our laptop. This is how long ago it was. We're watching this video, and all of us were like, what the fuck was that? Like, let's watch it again. What was that? I guess I've never seen that. The music video is just, it's just, it's not, it's so tame now. Like, but at the time, it's not like that Megan the Stallion people, video that came out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not even from like a sexual standpoint. Oh. It's just like there's people dressed up like teddy bears and like <laughs> pillow fights, and like there's like this party scene. It was just kind of random. And now when you watch it, it just feels kind of normal. But at the time, it just felt so weird. And it felt like she was trying too hard, but also like we couldn't get enough of it. It was so, there's so many different things. And I, I feel like she really embraces that. And I feel like she's, she, there are times where like I was kind of like, oh, she's kind of contrived or she's like forcing it. But also I feel like everyone does that when they're that age, you know? Maybe I feel like that's a, maybe like a factor, maybe also... Maybe the label's influencing yeah. that too, you know? Because, like, when you hear interviews of her talking about, like, this current album, Plastic Hearts, um, she's talking about how free she is with her writing now. And, like, her choices are her choices. So, I mean, even, like, when she makes music videos now, like, the that song, Prison... I, how much of the album did you... Have you listened to the whole album? I listened to the first uh, couple of songs. The first Dude, you should finish it, because, like, the Prisoner songs with Dua Lipe, like, that's how you pronounce her name. Oh, right? yeah, Dua Lipe, yeah. Yeah, that song is crazy good. And, like, the music video for it, she was talking about how... Like, even though they're on the same level of, like, creativity and, like, also just on top of the world, right, that they allowed each other open range. They were, like, texting each other about the music video, and it just seems really cool that I think it's nice to know that Miley's uh, choosing more songs to make and, like, again, cover. And so I think that just makes me resonate with her a little more now as, like, me appreciating her music. Yeah, it sounds like she's genuinely having fun now. Yeah. It doesn't feel like she's... Having to put an album because her record label is down her throat or Disney is like at her. Yeah. That's another perspective too. Like Disney was always very controlling of her. Yeah. She's come out with millions of stories about that, you know, and it's kind of interesting. She doesn't talk about those things now, which I think is also a good thing. Cause I can't, I mean, I'm pretty sure making that teddy bear video is pretty fun. Like in the <laughs> mind, right then and there, you know, but we never know. Like we do know that labels do have a weird history and she was a controlled actress kind yeah. of. So it's just, I don't know. Hearing her talk now is just kind of cool. And like I said, I think the song Cranberry is just, is like a piece of that being free. Cause that's like one of her loudest songs too. Like she sings the hell out of it. Like she's screaming and it just sounds so clean. And again, it's like the live version, which I don't think she's going to go into a studio and record it. Cause that one's good enough. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, and it's really admirable that she's a well-adjusted adult. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't, it's hard to like blame kid actors for going off the rails and getting into like <laughs> drug problems and stuff. And I mean, I'm sure she's got like a good, like her dad went through some of that. So I'm sure she's got a good support system, but her dad seems so chill. Yeah. <laughs> like they Parent- definitely have a cool, I don't know. That's another thing too. Yeah. Like you could tell she really, really feeds off of him. Probably from the beginning of her life, obviously, but like I said, sometimes these children stars go through so much, including with their parents, you know? Yeah. And it seems like there was never really a big fallout between them. Like, Billy Cyrus does drugs, like, openly. Yeah, that's what I was <laughs> like, say. Apparently, he's a big pothead. Yeah, like, he talks to, like, a tree named The Face. Like, it's <laughs> wild. She was talking about that, and I was like, dude, I think that's nice to know that, like, that at least that wasn't in a controlled environment, you know? That's good for her. Yeah, for sure. And her and Joe Rogan were talking about she wants to eventually one of these days do like children's books about like real life situations about like 
drugs and sex and because i can't remember that but i wasn't sure how i was imagining it <laughs> they were they were making the point about like you know most teenagers now early teenagers like they're learning about sex from other teenagers who don't know what the fuck they're talking about and you know it's it's good to put it out there and, and stop pretending like they're not thinking about it you know everyone was that age once and 99% of us thought about that stuff and had questions and had wrong impressions of things. And, you know, she just wants to kind of put it in a way, get it early to where, you know, it gets rid of that stigma. It gets rid of these these kinds of, um, you know, assumptions and, and things like that. Uh, I, I mean, overall, I think she's just really interesting. And from her experience itself, like she's learned a lot and, and she does she does a lot, you know, for, for everybody. I wish I could remember more of like the collab. I know she used to hang out with this band for a little bit. There's like some indie band, but the Flaming Lips. Yeah, there yeah, you go. yeah. I think stuff like that is cool, but I think she was partying hard back then too, because that was a few years ago. But maybe, like you said, she wants to write children's books. I think I kind of remember that. I had listened to the Joe Rogan one a while ago, and I think also too, like her voice is so much different. I think it's the first time we actually hear it too. But even then, like when I was listening to the other interview, okay, I wish I could remember his name. But um, they're, like, at her house, too, and, like, she's talking. And, like, even one of my friends was, like, listening with me, and he goes, yeah, you can hear more of, like, the twang in her voice. Like, it just seems, but you know it's her. Yeah. And it just seems so, I don't know, I, I guess, like, when I watch her or listen to her, it just seems like I'm watching a free person. Yeah. And she would. What she wants us to, like, not do is, like, take from her too much either, which I think is kind of a cool concept. Like, she's not preaching to us, like, through what she's going through, who she, what she thinks. She's not telling us to think that at all. So I think that's another profoundness of character that she has that I really appreciate, like, in my life currently. Yeah, I <laughs> especially think as somebody so popular. For sure, it reminds me a little bit of of Donald Glover, and I caught on to Donald Glover when he was on Community, and he had the stand up special weirdo, and like he's very like loud and boisterous, and he's like he's playing Detroit character, very loud and and kind of like goofy, and I remember I used to, I follow him on Twitter, and a while back. Um, I think it was right after his second album came out. Um, he like just went on just like Twitter, like like he was just pouring himself out and was just talking about like expectations and what he expects from himself. And it was really validating to somebody who's not famous, you know, myself to hear <laughs> someone like famous, like, Oh, like, you know, him going through it, you know? And, and now he's so much more reserved, even like in acting. And, and he's, he doesn't do like the, the, outlandish like boisterous stuff which is great like i love that version of him too but he's also a little bit more like pulled in and i see that a lot with miley cyrus and that in, in interviews especially i look at when she was younger and she's very like loud and not abrasive but just very like kind of like almost bubbly and in a way that is almost it feels like she's like putting on a face and um and now she's just kind of like laid back and she's just like this is who i am and you know that. Did you watch that Black Mirror episode with her? Oh, yeah, that was pretty good with the little doll. And she's the voice. Yeah. I, mean, I love that episode too. Like I've always been. I guess since then, like I was on the verge of accepting her as like a fan. Like I wouldn't say like a fan, but somebody who just um, I don't appreciates talent when it's deserved. You know, for sure. Or, yeah, and she earned it too. Like you said, like uh, through all she's been through, she kind of has like the same re resonance with me. I guess not with like Donald Glover, because I get it. You know, like seeing somebody so up there but they're they're both of them are like our age so i think that's what it comes down to too like and it's our fault they're famous you know yeah. <laughs> so i mean but at the same time like they're put up there's so much pressure is put around them 
that we're feeling similar pressures too. Like society's changing all the time. There's different dynamics, different things we got to follow, rules. We're learning so much more about what people want to feel and be understood as. And like our voices want to be heard, yet we need to learn how to listen. They're the same way, just rich and famous yeah. <laughs> and talented as hell, you know? So for them to actually come around and have people like me not always listening to your music, but be like, yo, this album's so good. I want to come on cover stories. I want to talk about her Cranberries cover and then just get into like why I appreciate her as a pop star and as a person. I think that's where success for her probably comes from too. And I believe that she uh, wouldn't, she might actually feel a little like overwhelmed with something like that too. Somebody would actually tell her like, look, you're a person, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, the black mirror episode is so on the nose that if anyone else had been in that role, it wouldn't have been as like, I mean, it's very like obvious that like it's it's autobiographical in a sense, in a metaphorical mm, way. Yeah, her she's being controlled, right? I yeah. think. Yeah. And her sister was there. I think it was her mom. Her mom was controlling her, or, or her aunt, maybe. Can't remember. All I remember is like they had to go break her out or something. Yeah. How did her, her voice get in that thing? It was her her uh, consciousness. Oh, they're selling yeah. it as like a toy, right? Yeah. And then that one slipped in or something. Yeah. They did it on purpose or? Because she, yeah, they were basically. They switched her consciousness with like a robot, with AI. Oh, okay, so they can control her. Yeah, so they can. She can <laughs> do whatever they want on. her to do. That's pretty good. Yeah, I don't see. Yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that is like very much like what her. <laughs> yeah, it's just over dramatized. But I mean, dude, who knows? Maybe that's a true story. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I think that you know, with with Miley Cyrus, um, I think she's one of the few people who you know was lucky enough to be able to to do what she wants to do. I see a lot of, you know, teen artists and kind of flame out and a lot of it too. I mean, they're happier now because they're constantly, I mean, it's just so weird. The idea of growing up in front of millions of people, like the whole concept of that is just wild to think about, especially as an adult. Now, I think, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine I, I have a, I have a live journal still and I, I haven't gotten rid of it just, Whenever I need to humble myself, I read it and how bad and cringy it is. And uh, it's on private. So if don't ever, anyone try to look for it, it's awful. It's some, Dude, I know hackers. It's got, <laughs> it's got some like straight up like low-key incel stuff. And like it's stuff that was just very like embarrassing. And I would constantly just talk about like girls that would dump me or like didn't like me. And... To imagine having that and having a million people just like watching that phase of my life, I can't imagine who I would be now if that were the case. Like if it was all out there? If it was all out there, if I was like, if I was doing this like on Twitter at the time, because live journal, I mean, this is oh, before okay, Twitter you. was out mm. there. If I'm writing shit like this and, and people are just consuming it and just thinking this is their perception of me and I'm going to be trapped in that time forever to a lot of people. And I'm glad she's been able to break through from that. But I mean, it's just, there's so many people that haven't been able to. I think one cool thing, and I'll also come back to the same intro of topic, but for the most part, I think it's neat that she started her life off the rails, you know? And like, that's what we saw from the get go. There's no, we know she's exposed already for years. And so I think now that she's trying to gravitate back to herself, it's much different for us to, I don't know why people can't appreciate that because for the most part, people who are very like, I don't know, can't, I don't want to say normal, but uh, have a well posture and just kind of carry themselves well, you know, I don't know if they're not, probably not judge or whatever, but then they have a darker closet, you know, and then that comes out and people were just kind of like, oh, I couldn't believe it. But with Miley, people still hate her even though she's trying so hard. Yeah. I, don't know, I think it's just a weird thinking. I don't know. 
I guess I just wonder why people hate her so much, even though she tries. But um, I had something else to say about like private lives and stuff too, but I guess I forgot. Well, you can, maybe you can come back to it. Um, yeah, because it's just, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about it, you know, like um, when people hear a cover, I guess they want it to be either, say there's like an expectation like from Miley, right? If, say she promoted the song before she even like performed it and people were thinking, oh, she better sing it like her. Or I'm not going to appreciate it. But if another band kind of did it and it's just a band they like and it's like the same version, you know, like a, oh, this is actually normal coffee and <laughs> you're tricking somebody. Yeah. I just don't get why somebody's so open and honest for most of her life. And like you said, put into that position too. And like, I don't know, went through it rebelliously and now find, finds it has still has such a, I don't know, I don't know, people can't accept it. Nobody wants to talk about her, you know, like. Nobody wants to say, everybody's too ashamed to say they like her, I guess. Yeah, I think a lot of it, I mean, there is, I think a lot more people are, are noticing, like, toxic behavior. There's, I always think back to this, there was this sketch on, I think it was Funny or Die or, or College, I think it was College Humor. There was two sketches, and one was, like, a guy taking his girlfriend to the doctor and finding out that she's a basic bitch. And oh, yeah. the other one is the flip where the girlfriend, a different girlfriend takes her boyfriend and finds out that, oh, he's a basic bro bitch. <laughs> and the bro bitch one had me cracking up because they're talking about like all the symptoms and mm. they're basically describing like toxic masculinity yeah. in, in, a, in a sense. And they're like, yeah, you do this, you do this. And like self awareness is coming to light. <laughs> yeah. And then like, if I mentioned one direction, the guy's like, fuck those guys. Oh, like, yeah, I think I've seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I was watching the, the Woodstock 99 documentary at HBO. Have you seen that? No, but my buddy Patty, that's on the SHPC podcast, he was like talking about it the other day. And then it's funny. Cause like right after that, uh, Zach was telling us how he had a, another group of guys, the deep, dive guys talking about Limp Bizkit too yeah. and I was like this is all coming together you know so yeah. now I gotta listen to all of Limp Bizkit I gotta listen to Deep Dive Guys and then I gotta watch the HBO documentary <laughs> from the last yeah check out Deep Dive Guys uh, they're great I listened to the Limp Bizkit episodes they're really really good yeah I was telling another co-worker too and he's like dude I grew up to like I love those guys and I was like I wanna send you the link cause yeah, I don't know. I never listened. To, I guess I just for you play me a song. I probably know I think it, you're but. a little. I mean, I don't want to say you're like, oh, you're young, but like you, you kind of missed the boat on them because you had to be of a certain age. Maybe to, I just turned thirty. I'm, I'm thirty three, and I, I like I was definitely getting the music when they were like at. The, they really had their peak was like two years. Uh, my boy Slater, he was like twenty five, twenty seven. I don't know how he caught it, bro. <laughs> I think his dad really liked it or something like that. Possibly, and then yeah. he just kind of like fell into it too. But yeah, I mean, like my friend Craig's brother probably loved Limp Bizkit. He's older. He's like in his <laughs> He probably was at Woodstock. But yeah, and, and you know, in that Woodstock documentary, I remember they were talking to different people that were there, and they've got like live footage from like interviews with some of the concert goers. And this one guy was just like at his wits end. He's just like, they're like, oh, like, are you excited for, it probably was Limp Biscuit or someone like Corn. <laughs> are you excited for it? He's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm just so sick of MTV playing this pop bullshit boy band shit. And like, he's just going <laughs> off the rails about it. It's just like, dude, it's not that serious. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe a little bit of it is because now we can consume music anywhere. Back then you just had MTV and the radio. That's true. And that's what, that, to them, that's what like the... <laughs> Um, the leaders are exposing to us, you know, for sure. The controlled environment. Yeah, and you couldn't just if you wanted to listen they to like Modest Mouse like early in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you want to listen to like the music that you want to listen to, you had to either like wait for it on MTV or you have to go pay twenty dollars for a CD <laughs> at Best Buy. Dude, if Metallica didn't kill Napster, we'd be fine. <laughs> Which Miley didn't cover a Metallica song. I, yeah. I heard that uh, nothing else matters, right? Yeah. 
I know it's supposed to be like some giant thing. Like I think the song that she's on has like a couple other people too. Like, I don't think she's by herself. Oh really? Yeah, dude. I wish I could remember, but it's pretty cool people. But yeah, I don't know if I'd spend the money on something. Like that, <laughs> it looks neat because they have because yeah, that that album is like I think it's like fifty or seventy tracks of of covers. Because it's like three people covering each song. But the Miley Cyrus song has like other people on. I don't want to say Elton John's on that same track, but yeah, she's not by herself. I don't think. I think she's okay. with a couple other people. So it's kind of cool too. It's like an orchestra. Oh really? I mean, I guess so. I mean, if you're gonna have more than one singer performer on one cover, you know? Yeah. Because the other ones I think are just bands. I think yeah. Arctic Monkeys are covering a song too. Yeah, and, I think and Weezer did Inner Sandman. Yeah, Weezer. I don't know. I wish you could look it up again, but yeah, that'd be sick. But yeah, I uh, I'm a. Uh, I'm on the like I I appreciate the black album, but um, it's not called that, right? Somebody something something. It's not called that. It's something else, isn't it? Just called like Metallica. Is this, is this a self-titled? You, I think it is self-titled. Know, it's just yeah, the black album. We looked it up, and he's like, it's not called that. I remember looking up, and I think he was right. I don't know. I could be wrong because I know like the Beatles' white album is just the Beatles, but and like Weezer's like the blue album. Yeah, but that's become a thing now. It's almost a parody of itself because now they <laughs> release the green, black, oh, and Weezer? the red. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's what's like up. half of their al- more than half of their albums are color. Their based. covers are great too. Oh, they're doing covers too, or is that just oh color oh, based? Sorry, co- sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they have a cover album though, the Teal album. Oh, it, really? I gotta check that out. That's good. Is that the one with like Toto and? A- yeah. Af- okay. Yeah. Are they covering Toto's? They did two Toto songs, right? I know they've they did done Roseanne. Africa. I don't know if they've, what, if they've done another one. They did Roseanne, too. Roseanne, oh, yeah. Roseanne. That's right. Yeah. I always forget about that, That's a, I, that. I like that one a little more. Hold the Line is the best Toto song, I think. Oh, dude, Hold the Line is a good song, and I always want to do it for karaoke, but there's like that one part where it's just repeating itself for too long, <laughs> and I always do that to myself. You know, I, co- I did a karaoke song for Miley Cyrus at a high tones. Oh, really? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just did it. Which song? Uh, Plastic Cards, because all they had. Oh. But, yeah. I mean, the whole album's pretty fun. The song lyrics are catchy. She writes them all, I think. So, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty uh, fun. I, uh, I'm, I'm just glad that, yeah, like you mentioned earlier, like I think this is. I'm glad she's doing stuff that she just wants to do, and um, you know, uh, with the rock sound is something I wish a lot of more, like a lot more pop stars, they have the voice for it, because I want to hear more, like especially female pop stars, just kind of just make one rock album, just to see what, like, I. I've mentioned this like every episode of the season, but Olivia Rodrigo's new album is really good. Oh, dude. Yeah. You know, I listen to her more and often too, because I was at my friend's house and like his girlfriend was there and we were like jokingly playing her. And then all of a sudden I was like, dude, just keep it on all night, bro. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty fun. But yeah, I mean, like a uh, female uh, song, singer songwriters, like Hayley Williams was a rock star for most of her life. Now her stuff is really soft. Like it's a little more slower acoustic. And um, I know. I liked Paramore a lot. I'm not sure if I'm a gatekeeper on that stuff, but yeah, I wish there were more. I don't know any other female vocal. Oh, Dua Lipa did that song with Miley though, so I don't yeah. know. Maybe she'll try to do something. But there's a lot of I I I try to. I remember for a while I was trying to force myself. I hate using that term because it felt, sounds like I'm like taking medicine, but like I was like <laughs> force myself to like li- try to find more female artists that I liked. And little by little, it's just kind of I, I like my algorithm has adapted to it, so mm-hmm. I get a lot of that. And um, you know, I I think that there's just something about female vocalists that that I just I just kind of gravitate towards. Um, I talk a lot about about Danzig uh, from the Misfits, and when he gets when when female artists cover the Misfits, it's almost automatically I'm gonna love it. I've heard so many different covers, and just 
their voice just adapts to what his voice does because his voice is very like kind of over the top and dramatic and in hearing a female vocal, a good female vocalist especially, just kind of take that and turn it into their own, it's almost always good to me. No, that's pretty cool. Have you heard of the band called Speaker Box? They're a little heavier. Yeah. She's a female vocalist too. And then, let's see, what else was I thinking of? Oh, I had something else on my mind too. I'm all over the place. No, man, it's cool. No, because it's cool. Like, yeah, you want to hear more female vocalists and stuff, but uh, I was going to say something on the track of, I honestly don't remember. I lost it. <laughs> Keep there doing was, that. I'm sorry. No, there's a no. It's no problem, man. There was um. I remember for a while I was I was kind of obsessed with Katy Perry when uh, for the boys came out her first like big album. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. I'm sorry, not Katy Perry. I I got my thought back. Good. Ready? What's up? Okay, so um, I was listening to, like a girl power pop punk playlist on Spotify. That was pretty fun because I was trying to like listen to pop punk. And then also like last night I saw a live band called Retro Cowgirl. And they played at the Wong's Bodega, and like, dude, she was amazing. And they were really heavy too. Like, um, oh, she was like screaming. She put her guitar down for some of the songs, and like, they're yeah, it's something about the female voice and their lyrics too. Yeah, just have like a like a real kind of strength behind them for the most part. I feel like there's, I don't know, I don't want to hear about like the, her songs weren't about like love and stuff. It was just kind of like a rebellious song too, and I feel like that's a big thing that they can sing about. You know, like that's their territory feeling i don't know i feel like women are so much stronger now and that's <laughs> i don't have a really big attraction to like stronger present like women you know so yeah. i think that's yeah like even like in literature most of the reads that i'm doing now are just like women authors and it's not like i'm not even choosing i'm just gravitating towards it and it's just like singers get to use their voice obviously but then writers too artists like i think this is awesome i mean for my life to do a dolores song too that song had weight back then you know and then even then i'm pretty sure she was overcasted by men vocalists i think the song was written like in the 70s so you're definitely dealing with like she's definitely like in the minor like with like blondie and i guess i don't know if like a carol king was around in that time maybe she's a little older but even then like i feel like there's not a bigger cast of female authors that should be recognized more often i guess yeah i think that a lot of it too i I mean i don't i've tried to like understand it like just my own personal like experience and trying to understand what it is that makes me gravitate i think it's just because there's a lack of those perspectives in everything music uh, literature movies that when i see that perspective it's new and exciting i think Mm -hmm. And now I kind of like absorb and I'm like, oh, there's this perspective, but then there's also this other perspective. Like this is, you know, this is a white woman perspective. This is a black woman perspective. This is a, a queer woman perspective. And there's so many different things that I just haven't been exposed to as much as I want to. And now I can kind of absorb it. And I, I'm kind of like in that mo- mood where like, I'm like, oh, like I'm just relating to this. There's something just so interesting about making the specific universal and i feel like a lot of uh, artists out there are really good at that they can talk about this event that happened to them when they were six years old it's a weird event that doesn't happen to many people but when you hear that song millions of people hear that song and it reminds them of an experience that is very unique to them and i think that just being able to to search these new perspectives and these new experiences through these artists who didn't get a chance before is really what makes it interesting. Just makes it it fun to listen to and kind of explore. And it's also cool because, I mean, growing up, uh, I couldn't think of many female idols that I had, you know? I mean, Evanescence was around. I couldn't think of anybody. I mean, it wasn't until I got older that 
to start recognizing like Tina Fey. I was a huge fan of Tina Fey for years, maybe like seven years ago, right? When 30 Rock was huge. And then like um, just even then, like most of the life, like as a young kid, as like a boy, you know, it's kind of hard to find a female hero. And like as an adult, that's like all I feel is like those are the ones that I want to learn more about. And since their stories are different, their backgrounds are different. The, just everything about them is different. They could dress and look pretty and like look cool at the same time. And there's different voices because it's different ranges too. Different, just, I don't know. I think, like you said, it's a fresh outlook on a lot of things that I think needs a more of an open door policy to, of acceptance. Yeah. And yeah, I think that's awesome. And I think Miley's a pioneer for a lot of people like that, even though in the scope of older people or just old idealisms that she's still kind of push back even though she's like running way faster than everybody else you know for sure i think that what's interesting about her is that you know she's obviously not the first to do it and she's very good about recognizing her her in influences and her i mean pre- yeah, all her predecessors and yeah i mean dolores in general but also i mean she does a song with like a remix with stevie nicks you know oh yeah and then uh who's her godmother uh um, oh, dolly parton yeah see so damn dude like her life yeah. is loaded yeah <laughs> And uh, I, I think that it's it's cool that she's really good about it, it's it's one thing to be the type of person who is other people's first exposure to a specific yeah, type, mm. but she's also really good about like okay like without saying it explicitly she's like if you like this check this out because this is what got me to where I'm at right now and I think that opens the door for a lot of like indie artists I mean there's people like Jenny Lewis who's been doing this for twenty years and. And, you know, up until she went solo, you know, everyone, the only people who were really into Rallo Kylie, myself included, were because of movie soundtracks, you know? And um, and now I feel like that she's a solo artist. She's opening up for Harry Styles and, um, you know, stuff like that. She's she's definitely getting her, her momentum. And Harry Styles needs to open up for her. <laughs> she just co-headline. <laughs> right. Uh, but it's hard to say because, I mean, Harry Styles is huge right now. <laughs> is he the Watermelon Sugar guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, well, did I bought that album for my fiance? <laughs> I mean, it looked cool, though. It was like red and white. It was one of those tie-dye ones. And it's a good song, too, though. <laughs> actually, uh, I, that's funny you say that because I actually got tickets for, for his show in San Antonio for my fiance. Oh, you got tickets, bro? Yeah. Why you got to step up cri- on me no, like no, that? <laughs> no, it, was, it was a Christmas gift from two years ago now because it was postponed twice. I'm going to go home later. She's going to be like, where are my tickets? I'm like, Shh, where's the time machine? I can't go back there. I uh, I had a max out a credit card to get it. If that, <laughs> so, <you> hear that? <laughs> and it was nice because I've had a year and a half to pay it off because it's been so How long. How much were those tickets, man? Uh, it was just a, because at that time it was supposed to be in August and then it moved, you know. Oh, so okay. I was like, oh, I can wait to pay this later. <laughs> was it worth it? Did you see them already? Not yet. It's oh, next, it still next hasn't month, happened? And it might not happen because things are going oh, pretty man. bad right now. That's unfortunate. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think, and Harry Styles is an interesting person because he definitely breaks the mold in terms of, you know, what is considered masculine or, or whatever. It's John Mayer, dude. <laughs> he was the originator. No, I don't know. Harry Styles dresses like crazy too, right? Very it's- flamboyant. Um, very, uh, you know, uh, what's the androgynous? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of. Did he wear the dress? I think so. Right. I think that's on the, yeah. Okay. Him and in, uh, I, I just think back every time people talk about like, you know, what is masculine and what isn't, I, I always think to just that time when Young Thug wore a dress on his cover and it was just like, it was out of nowhere or it felt out of nowhere, I should say, but it also just kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say that like opened the floodgates. I'm not going to say that 
Harry Styles was influenced by Young Thug wearing a dude, dress, but maybe he was. He's thinking like, dude, he nailed it. <laughs> now I gotta kill him. He's <laughs> gonna kill. I me. usually just fly past those things. Like when I see it, I'm like, that looks dope. Or I was like, I don't know, man. Like you could, you could find a different dress. Like I don't know. It's just a normal thing. I don't know. I never really second guessed it. I guess you see articles and stuff, and you're just kind of like. What's the big deal, dude? You're not yeah. the one wearing the dress. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Now, if you're wearing it, that's even different. Because the no people who are mad are like it. giant burly men. Like, like <laughs> there's this trend going on for a while where like uh, it was like a guy and like the couple wearing nor- their regular clothes. And then if they got like a certain amount of likes, they had to switch it up. My friend did it. And dude, he looked good in what he was wearing the dress. <laughs> it's I, I made that happen too. It was so funny. <laughs> I was like liking it like a thousand times. I was like, I want to see you, man. They're, uh, they have parties now where it's like dress up like your partner um, and uh, it's a couple party. And, you know, even even for, for you know, same sex couples, you know, most same sex, most couples in general dress differently than each other. So they would show up to the party dressed like each other and, you know, guys wearing dresses, girls wearing like, you know, like baggy pants and stuff like that. And then it was always funny to see like the lesbian couples because they were very, uh, you know, it was it was just very similar, you know. And they the amplify that, each other's outfits. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't believe that's super funny. Because obviously there's different. So that's ty- how you see me. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's just different types of people in, in terms of different types of people in relationships to where, like, it's so funny because, especially for like a lesbian couple, because you know there's no like uniform for being a male or female and seeing, you know, two females, two women dressed up in a certain way. Like you can just tell that they're just not comfortable in that because they're dressing like their partner. Like they we look the same dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, yeah. I mean, it's always funny to see that. A couple years ago, my fiance dressed up as Hugh Hefner and I was the playboy bunny. Oh yeah. It's just fun, dude. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't do drag everybody, but I just think it's really fun to switch it up like that. Cause it's like a cool concept. Like I want to do Hercules, like the cartoon, but I want her to dress as Hercules, <laughs> and I want to dress as my girl. I just think it's like hilarious. You know, like you win contests like that. Like yeah, people love that stuff for sure. I think uh, I always see the reverse gender Han Solo and Prince Slave Leia specifically. What is that? Uh, from Star Wars? I know, but like oh, the, okay. oh, they switch up their like, like oh okay. The woman's wearing is Han oh. Solo, and then the the guy would be wearing a metal bikini. Dude, <laughs> that's good though. I would probably still beat them with my Hercules one because <laughs> she's taller than me too. So it works out. <laughs> That'd make her carry me. But I like, even like when it comes to costumes and stuff too, I don't know. Like, oh dude, like Miley dressed up pretty crazy, but it wasn't like anything masculine. She just wears a lot of clothes and it's just like feathers, like the zombies cover. Have you seen the video for it? Uh, the performance video? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Dude. Yeah. She's all out. She thinks she's got like diamonds everywhere. Oh, rings, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. I think that's cool too. That takes a lot of courage too. I'm not going to dress like that, <laughs> but I'm also not a rock star. One thing uh, that's interesting about just dressing up, and I always think about, someone posted this on Twitter, so I can't, this isn't my original thought, but <laughs> when Lady Gaga hosted the VMAs or something, and you know, Lady Gaga at that point had already done the meat dress, she'd done all the like- She did a meat dress? Yeah, she wore a dress made of meat. It's actually, I think it's in the Smithsonian. I think it actually might be like preserved. It's a Don Draper's Madman suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the coolest things in the world. But uh, she, like, you know, everyone, she's, she's hosting, so they're expecting, oh, she's going to be doing some crazy outfit shit. And the other pop star, like Katy Perry, came dressed kind of like unique or, or weird or artsy or whatever you want to say, call it. And all these other pop stars. The fourth element. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, they're, uh, you know, they, they're all dressed up in a certain way. And Lady Gaga comes up dressed like a, a dude character, 
and she that's when she did the like you know she rolled the cigarettes up in her shirt oh, okay yeah. i've seen that yeah and they're like leave it to lady gaga to like one-up everybody by doing the complete opposite of what they expected yeah, her but to she's do. like hot though she's just like a pinup girl doing <laughs> that like she could literally wear anything and like be attractive yeah and like i don't know do cool things like sing in front of a thousand people her outfit for the inauguration was pretty sick too i think it was just like a little i think it was something in red but even then like I don't know. Lady Gaga's cool too. She's also another talented female artist that took a lot of shit for yeah. her past and like recognizes it and just does things. I don't know if she's ever covered anything though. Yeah, she's. I mean, because she was in a Led Zeppelin cover band. What the fuck? Yeah, just you can YouTube when she was on Howard Stern. She just does a little bit of whole lot of love, what? like just on the spot, like no That's cool. vocal warm up or whatever. One time I was at Six Flags and I saw. Um, like a like a cover band like on that stage they have there and it was a female singer and she was doing jump she was doing a bunch of songs and like even then like yeah same thing fresh perspective different voice yeah just takes a song to like a whole other level i mean just a different level i guess too for sure and that, that was do- i just remember that memory <laughs> i was like <laughs> four or five years ago but that was really cool i stayed for like the whole time too because we we're just walking by trying to relax and it was like towards the end of the night before the fireworks just watch them for the rest because it was pure entertainment it's always rad to like have those experiences where you're just you're not like you're there almost like for obligation at first and then just turns into like an experience it's like that retro cowgirl band last night i obviously because of covid haven't been able to see a lot of live performances and stuff but like man watching them was sick and she's up there with confidence the other guitarist was really oh man he was so good his progressions were cool and then the bassist was just like super into it then the drummer was had like a solos and you, you know just having a good time you know but it's also yeah an experience that I wasn't ex- an ex- expecting at all. That's and again, rad. I have that fascination with just like a strong female presence for some reason. <laughs> and like, yeah, it's just like, man, this is just like elevating music. Like it was dope. Yeah, it's dope. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, with, with Gaga. I remember when she like Poker Face had just come out and I was at Barnes and Noble um, and I was just looking at magazines and there was this older couple looking at magazines like right in the row next to me. I could hear them. And the like guy goes up to the the wife and is like, "Oh, you, this Lady Gaga, you know, she's been singing for years, and now she dresses like an idiot and gets famous." And I just remember thinking, like, "Oh man, like that's such a like boomer take." But also, I wonder if that perspective has changed. This was in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. I wonder if those same people. I mean, I obviously net would have no way to reach out to them, but I wonder if those same people have different feelings about Lady Gaga and if. All the stuff that she's done since then has like opened the gateway to like them to be exposed to music like that and to be exposed to art like that. Mm. And, you know, I mean, even I could imagine them being really into the Tony Bennett. I always think about this couple that I had like a five minute experience with. Don't even know what they look like. (laughs) I just think about them and like I like to think that they are now like Lady Gaga fans. I mean, they could be. I mean, it depends if they didn't seclude themselves. Yeah. Know? Like if they had like kids or something. But yeah, I've definitely seen adults kind of, I mean, why are they going to, what are they going to do? You can't stop it. You know? Yeah. And if you protest it, you're just kind of foolish. Like, and I think what did I see with Lady Gaga? She had that movie with um, Bradley so Cooper. Is born, so yeah. yeah, like, dude, she's, she's a bunch of people. She's normal. You know what I mean? She made people cry. Yeah. And I've never, I haven't seen the movie and I don't know why. I just don't feel like watching it. It's a long It movie. seems kind of soppy. <laughs> like, uh, and I, I don't know. I'm not going to sit by myself and watch it, I guess. I don't want to cry by myself. But, <laughs> no, yeah, stuff like that probably also helps with, like, the public perception, too, you know. For sure. I don't think she. that's why she did it. Oh, yeah. But for the most part, it's like, again, it's just showing that these people are just normal people, too. Like, there's nothing 
yeah, so what, you'd wear some cool shit like that too if you had money and a wardrobe that was <laughs> endless, you know? You walk into a room and it's just like, you want to wear this or that? I'm like, dude, no, I want to wear whatever that is. It's like, no, I go into my room and I'm like, what's clean? Yeah, no, I, I think about, like, I look at old pictures of myself when I would wear my hat backwards. I don't do backwards. that anymore. <laughs> I wear my hat backwards and tilt it to the side. <laughs> like, That's why I don't do it, dude. On purpose. <laughs> and I'm just like, what a douchebag like that was me i went out in public like that no but that's a pc this is like but damn that looks kind of rad <laughs> my but, fiance likes to print pictures of me from like my old facebook dude she does these things and like hides them in my apartment when i had my own place and like i found a bunch of pictures right and i thought they were like special pictures and i was like nope these are me from like 2007 <laughs> with like quotes from posts from facebook and i was just like i'm gonna burn all of these <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, so uh, bringing it back to uh, Miley Cyrus and uh, the Cranberries and Zombie, do you have any uh, any final thoughts about the song or the cover? I think more people should listen to it and listen to it over and over. But if you do choose to listen to it, maybe you could start from like the album's first song and just finish it all the way through because I think it is like the last song. And it's a cool experience to listen to her do like a straight up band. Like it's unique. The lyrics are fun. Uh, most of the lyrics that she writes are very truthful. I feel like what we've been talking about, her being very honest with a lot of us and I don't know, not preaching how for us to be, but I don't know, just recognizing her a little more. And then you get the Cranberry song and yeah. I think it's overwhelmingly great. For sure. Uh, do you have anything else to plug? You get Sunday Hustlers oh, book yeah. crew. I do have a book podcast, guys, everybody. Uh, we all run out kind of like brother podcast. It's kind of cool. I like this little buildup that's going on. Uh, but yeah, we do book reviews. Um, we release them every first Sunday of the month. It's uh, me, Patty X, and Ezra. Uh, we Right now we're doing uh, translated literature, so if you're into stuff like that, it's cool. But if not, I feel like what we're trying to do is just promote reading in a way that you don't have to have a big old background in literature to read a book and try to understand it. You know, like Our discussions are more based off interpreting current events or what the author was going through and just trying to resonate and reflect on those ideas. Cause every book is never going to be the same, you know, especially with ones that we're trying to choose. So everything that we're reading is just, it's such an insightful experience that to be accurate with it requires more than just our discussion. So what we want to propel is for other people to listen to us, intrigue their own thoughts and then come back to us and get even further on with it. Cause Books last forever, and I think the discussion should last forever, and I love being here and recording them with some of my closest friends. I think it's overwhelmingly difficult at the same time, but it's like what we're talking about is just books, you know, and what people write about is is so internal. You know, it's like, it's like lyrics for Miley. What she's writing is pure. What these people are writing are messages and their emotions, and I think music and literature and art just have too much of a key element into like, like, I don't know, success. It's not, you don't have to be selfish to find yourself, you know? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Um, I do have some book recommendations for you. Music related <laughs> books. Okay. You yeah. probably, I don't know if you've, if you've even read, you probably read these or Miley's read some books. And every time I hear her talk, she's recommending me books too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah she, she likes self-help books, but still like the popular um, ones. High Fidelity is really good. Uh, who wrote that? Uh, Nick, uh, Hornsby. Okay. Um, is that a show too? They made a movie and a show, but the I don't know which one's better. I like them all individually for what they are. Is he? He's not living. He passed away, right? No, no he's still living. Okay, I'm thinking of something else then. He's written a bunch of books that turn into movies, and they're very like um, I don't want to say realistic rom coms, but they're rom coms that are less sappy and more like 
kind of uh, not jaded, but just a little bit more like a little bit more, a little bit they have rougher who, edges. Who is it again? Uh, Nick Hornsby. Not David Hornsby, right? No. <laughs> um, and then also, uh, there's I don't know if you're into oral histories, but there's this really great oral history um, called "Meet Me in the Bathroom." It's written by um, Lizzie Goodman. And it's several interviews taken and put into a book form about the New York indie scene. They talk to the Strokes, uh, Ryan Adams, TV Under Radio, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool. How old um, is that band? Uh, 12, 2003, I think, was their first okay. album. But, um, but yeah, it's really great. I uh, really recommend it. Do you have any book recommendations, music book recommendations, or just book recommendations in general? No. Well, I mean, there's a movie one that Once Upon a Time was pretty good by Quentin Tarantino. But, oh, yeah. I mean, like, we released our first two episodes. And our first books, I think our books are pretty dope, dude. So if you like dystopian literature, we have, like, The Memory Police. Um, that's about, like, a small Japanese town where memories are kind of forcibly taken away. And this person's just kind of navigating her way through what it's like to lose a memory and, like, never understand what it is while also taking care of somebody who still has the memories but has to be kept hidden away because... It's illegal to keep the memories. And then Till, I guess um, it's not much of a music, but it is about like a jester. So it's about entertainment, but it's like a, it's a jester used to talk about the Third Years' War. So it's a historical fiction. And um, Till's like this main character kind of that is allowed to basically talk shit to the king's face because he has like a legal card as a jester to do so. So while you're watching somebody with control of war, you're getting like um, someone being like, well, why would you do that? like just joking around with it? And you're like, dude, he's fucking with him, <laughs> you know, but like, it's also exposing these people. Yeah. And but it's a the 30th war was a true event that took over. I think um, it was called what, what Germany was the uh, Austrian Empire before it was that. And so, yeah, just those books are great. And yeah, you can follow us on our Instagram page at shbcpodcast.com. And all our links are there for like Spotify if you have an Android or Apple if you have Apple podcast, you have an Apple and yeah awesome well thanks thanks again for coming on <laughs> thanks. i really appreciate it i really enjoyed this too and i yeah i think miley's pretty dope every time i look into her more now it's always just more fascinating so i'm glad i got to like i don't know exp express my gratitude i don't know it's not gratitude but my uh, appreciation i guess yeah yeah for sure hope she listens <laughs>